you, know, you might join a, an organization to get support and you might find that, you know, after getting that support that you're supporting others. And there's just so much joy in that too. You know, you're not alone. You know, we'd, we'd love you if you get involved and join the, you know, Family Links organization. We'd love for, for you to join this network. From the Outreach Department at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired in Austin, Texas, this is A Sense of Texas. Here is your host, Emily Coleman. Welcome to A Sense of Texas. I'm Emily Coleman. My blind son is now 16 years old, but when he was young, I craved connections with families of children like mine. The three women you're about to hear from are strong and savvy role models for mothers like me. Patty Bushland, Amy Potts, and Barbara Knighton recently enhanced the TSBVI community by initiating Family Links. Even if you don't live in Texas or don't have a student at TSBVI, there is much to glean from this conversation. Hello, my name is Barbara Knighton. Um, I'm from North Houston, the Woodlands area. My, my son is Joshua Knighton. He's a 17-year-old 11th grader in his third year at TSBVI. He has multiple disabilities aside from his visual impairments. And he is just so happy and so excited to be at TSBVI and he's progressing and learning so much and loves it there. Hi, my name's Amy Potts. I'm the mother of Reese Potts. We live in Houston, Texas. And Reese is about to be 14 years old. And he is a former micro preemie. So he was born one pound, three ounces, um, four months early. And due to that, he had several complications and has overcome quite a bit. Um, he has cortical vision impairment, CVI, um, ROP, reduced, which caused him reduced field of vision, and also multiple impairments, including deafblind. So he has um, vision impairments and hearing impairments. He wears two hearing aids and his big, thick glasses. And he's been at TSBVI three years. Hello, I'm Mary Rose's mom, Patty. Mary Rose is the youngest of my five children. She was born with Labor's congenital amaurosis, known as LCA, and she has been completely blind from birth. She is a day student at TSBVI as in, and is in the ninth grade. Mary Rose wakes up excited to attend school every day at different points of time during these first few months of school, she has told me that each and every one of her teachers is her favorite. I said to her one morning, Mary Rose, you just told me Mr. Salinas is your favorite teacher. How, how come today you are saying it is Dr. Pruitt? She said, but mom, they are all my favorite. So if I were forced to sum up and say just one thing about my child who attends TSBVI, I would tell you she is happy. So I invited you three to come talk to us because uh, you started the Family Links organization here at TSBVI. And um, I'd like you to share a little bit about what it is and how it got started. And I have no idea which one of you wants to go first. So anyone want to give the introduction? I guess I can because I kind of approached the board and I want to say it was the spring of 2019. 
I wanted to be more a part of, you know, like a PTO or a parent organization. I'd always been active in PTOs in my local community and the local schools Joshua was in. And I know there's other parents out there that wanted the same thing. So I asked them, you know, first I asked, can, do you have a CPAC, which is a special education parent action committee? And they're like, no. <laughs> and so then I think it kind of grew, um, into starting with Catherine. Catherine Hawk was the first person I talked to. And then she introduced me to Amy and Patty and several other parents. And so we just built it up. We got all together in October of 2020 and started getting going and getting our meetings organized, getting ourselves organized, our mission statements, you know, kind of what we wanted to do, um, where we wanted to go with it. And it's grown from there. Yeah, so I think just like Barbara said, each of us in our own way was looking for a way to get more involved with the school. Um, I had been volunteering as a teacher's aide in one of the classrooms at TSBVI and in the theater department. So um, one thing that you know struck me was how much opportunity there was for more parental involvement. So when Miles approached me about helping from a parent's form a parents group, I was all in. Uh, the Family Links organization encourages community among TSBVI family, staff, and alumni supporting each other through this journey. We are all in together. Here's one thing. So when it was Reese's very first day of school at TSBVI, and we were so excited to be there, and you know, it, it took a while to finally get to TSBVI, and so he's, they're taking him off to his classroom and I wanted to know where the school store was. I needed sweatshirts and pencils and notebooks. And, um, and I realized that was something usually a PTA, PTO does. And that wasn't, there wasn't anything for us at that point. So that was kind of one of the first seedlings in my mind that, oh, they definitely need a PTA or PTO. Well, I can speak from the administrator perspective that, um, you know, I've been at TSBVI a little over three years now and that entire time it's come up multiple times. Oh, we need a parent group. We need a parent group. And uh, it's really hard because our parents are all over the state. Our families are all over the state. Um, and so it's, I, it's almost like COVID gave us this opportunity to get it going online and now we're just so comfortable in this environment, even though we hate it sometimes, it is a good way to get families together across the state. So I think the timing was good. Yeah. Emily, do you, do you remember when you were um, still in outreach, me and Dave came to you yeah. um, and met with you uh, to talk about a parent organization? Yeah. So I know. Yeah. You mm -hmm. guys were one of the first ones to bring it up and uh, some of our principals brought it up and teachers. And so I just think it's great that it's finally off the ground. More than that, it's like hauling. <laughs> it is. Awesome. One struggle I know in the past has been, you know, how do we get parents together from all over the state? And one of the silver linings of the pandemic was, of course, Zoom and being able to meet together. And we actually had parents who had never met other parents in the same situation and got really emotional and thought just the pandemic was a big epiphany for her and would start crying. She was so, she was just so grateful to finally have contact with other parents. 
Well, you know, this is one of the reasons why I think an organization like this is so important. Um, Amy, since, since you've got the mic, so to speak, can you think of other reasons why a, a parent-teacher organization at TSBVI is so important? Well, one thing that grew out of our initial meetings was parents wanted more engagement with alumni and former students. And so originally we didn't have alumni in the fold, but we quickly added that because that's what, you know, we're all comfortable now. We're finally at TSBVI. Our kids are in a great place to learn, but then it's not going to be too long before we have that stress again. Well, what's going to happen after TSBVI? So that's one thing we really want to form networks with the alumni, students, and family. So the students can have an idea of you know, what their world might look like later on. And then also as a parent, how do we support what's next for our students? Because we cannot be on campus, y'all aren't just right around the corner. So you know, we wanna be able to see all the staff, meet the staff, interact with the staff. And our organization, even more so than local PTOs, the staff here, we rely on them so much you know, to get through with any projects we do, you know, to get the stuff to campus, like the buses, getting stuff for donations to campus. Um, so it, it gives them a broader idea of who you are, who Miles is, because they don't just get to see any of that. And then also, you know, the families want to get back. Like Amy had said, we're all, and Patty too, we're all so grateful that our kids are finally in a place where they can learn and they're progressing and moving forward. And so the, the families want to give back and, and work on service projects and, you know, kind of leave a little bit of a legacy for the school. Yes, yes. Barbara, I think that that was a really great point. Um, I agree with you. Uh, for me, you know, I'm the mother of five kids. And so we've moved around a little bit and I've, my children have been in a, a wide variety of education programs. So they've been in public schools and private schools. We've been, you know, had some in small schools, really large, huge high schools that were just overwhelming. Um, but what differentiated one from, from the other was the, the sense of community. If one, those schools had a set, good sense of community, it made it a great school. And so, you know, just, you know, when me and Dave, first brought Mary Rose here. I mean, we knew we loved TSBVI, but there was something missing. And so, you know, just that now TSBVI has this family links organization that was created. You know, we just feel like it's, it's provides that sense of community for, you know, students, staff, alumni, and it's, it's changed TSBVI from a, a good school that we love to a great school. So um, just really happy that we have this organization now. Now, Barbara mentioned um, the importance of giving back or families wanting to give back. And you all spend a lot of time on staff appreciation, which I know is really valued on campus. So Patty, do you wanna start off by saying how you try to make this happen with families all over the state? Literally since day one, we knew that we wanted to, our organization needed to be supporting the staff as well as families. So, um, you know, we um, kind of dipped our, in the staff appreciation last year with a um, video and, you know, asked families to share photos of themselves with thank you notes to staff. And we, you know, played it on staff appreciation day and, you know, it received a lot of, you know, good, good feedback. So, you know, it happened that we were 
also looking for a way to collaborate with the exit program. And so this seemed like the perfect opportunity. The Family Link staff representative from the exit program, the amazing Dory Sanatori, uh, she brainstormed some ideas with us and we came up with appreciating staff by their departments where the exit students would take on the work experience of putting together the gift bags along with a pause for praise certificates for each staff and to deliver them to the apartment. So collaborating with the exit program students is a win-win for everyone. One thing we all know is that with TSBBI's incredible staff, it's only natural that we want to show how much we appreciate them. Yes, and we wanted to also make sure because teacher appreciation is a big thing. And if you see all the ads running right now, everything's teacher, teacher, teacher. Well, our school, like any other school, is more than just teachers. We have administrators, you know, we have the paras, we have the health center. I mean, everybody, you know, custodial security. I mean, we wanted to highlight everybody. And that's why we decided by the end of the year, everybody will get something, each individual department, because the school wouldn't function without the entire team all, you know. So that's why we wanted to do a general staff appreciation and not just, you know, teacher appreciation. We wanted to celebrate everyone. Yeah. yeah, so by the end of the year, all staff, no matter what department, will receive their own personalized certificate of appreciation from family links. Now, you're also obviously passionate about connecting families with each other. Um, do you want to, you've already shared some reasons why you think that's important. Do you have anything else to add on that note? I think here in the local district, as far as like seeing or meeting other VI families, and I come from a huge district, which is Conroe ISD, um, 64,000 plus students in this district. I have never met any other, you know, parents or, I mean, parents in the special ed classroom, but not specifically with VI. And Joshua was generally in every class, always the only VI kid. And even when we go out in public here, He's the only kid you ever see with a cane. So that's why I think it was so important, especially when we got to TSBDI. Oh my gosh, now we're with families in the same boat. You know, we've got kids with similar, similar disabilities, similar needs. So it was so refreshing to finally get to be around that. And, and we've had some networking events with the Blind Children's Program, but you know, they're far and few between. And then they went on hiatus for a couple of years and um, so that got kind of sporadic, but I mean, finally, we're in a place where we can really connect with people that understand what we're going through. Um, I feel like when Mary Rose was like first born, this, it was just such a struggle. I just, it was hard for me to, you know, look like forward to things in her future. I was just focused on, you know, that my child was blind. So I just, I remember that first phone call talking and communicating with another parent who had a child that was blind and she said it was all going to be okay. And just hearing those words from somebody that had a child that was blind was so comforting. And so I think, you know, that that's, that's why I feel like it's, it's so important that I just, I want to offer that kind of support to other parents out there who might feel alone. And then Emily, I don't know if you were, you know, remember, but Family Connect just got started when Eddie and Mary Rose were, were little babies. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that organization, just connecting families, that always struck me as just such an important thing. And I would read those blogs that you would write when Eddie was little, and they, they just resonated with me. And I would be sitting there reading them like, this is what I'm going through. I'm not alone. So I, I know how important 
that is for people. I feel like that the, um, when my son Eddie was little and I was writing that blog, it was more therapeutic for me. And when I go back and read it now, I'm like, oh, wow, you just put your diary out there on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it, it helps to, I think, I think you make a good point, which is that it helps to hear other family stories, but it also really helps to have opportunities to share our stories because, mm. you know, we, um, we all have friends that have kids without disabilities and those, those are most of our friends. And when we meet with them and we try to share what's going on in our lives, it's hard, I think, for them to relate to our world. And so knowing parents like that are in the same boat we are that are, you know, dealing with special education in general is hard enough. So having people you can talk to about that makes a big difference. Given those opportunities that we've gotten from TSBBI to connect because we haven't had that, like, like you had said, with our local, you know, our local friends and family, they don't always quite understand. And it's, it's just nice to be on the same playing field with everyone and to be someplace where we feel accepted too, because we don't, Sometimes it's very hard as a parent of a special needs child when like I have a 17 year old who functions on a six year old level. Obviously when I see even, it really would bother me when he was younger and I would watch a 10 year old and my kid was not, you know, not even to that level. And it was just really hard to watch that. So, I mean, I would have to limit myself to like being around uh, typical children for about two hours because it would just it would start bringing the PTSD and all the emotions back. So it's nice to be in a place where one, it's accepted, everybody's on the same you know playing field, and it just it, it it's a sense of reassurance and comfort. I think I agree. I, I feel the same way that Barbara does around you know kids that are functioning at their typical ages and, and don't have any disabilities. It, it is something that, you know, just pulls at the heartstrings. Um, but it's like Barbara said, it's just nice to know we're not alone. You know, we're, we're all sharing that same experience of, of heartache, but yet when we're around each other, it's just the joy, just sharing what our kids can do and, you know, what they are capable of. So um, that's just the beauty of being around each other. Um, my husband and I had founded the Arkansas chapter of um, NAPFI and then the Minnesota chapter of NAPFI. And it was, we just enjoyed being around families that had children like ours. And it was just it was so comforting. Our other four children would be around other kids with disabilities and they were learning that these kids are just like any other kid and you know you treat them just like any other kid so um it was it, it's just very bonding and we we have lifelong friends from you know just raising kids with visual impairments together so just i i just encourage everybody to get involved with these support groups it's it's amazing things that can happen one thing I really enjoyed doing that it was almost last minute and we hadn't planned on it but we did a welcome session for new families that were had their children coming to TSBVI and it's really an indescribable stressful feeling for a parent to send their child away to school especially one that's been you know can't be out of your sight just about um, with so many special needs 
And then you get um, people talking in your ear and your family is, oh my goodness, how can you, how can you do this? How can you send Reese away? Um, y'all, you're going to miss him. He's going to miss y'all. And it's, it's heart-wrenching to do. But one thing I wanted to tell those families is all those people will see a huge difference and will say, I'm so glad Reese got to go to that school. Now you've all shared a little bit of advice already for families that have children that are blind, visually impaired or deaf blind, but do you have any other advice you'd like to share today? Well, I guess I can go. I've wrote down a few things to kind of, you know, give parents, because this is a hard journey, like um, Amy said. So, you know, just network, network as best you can like this. That's why we have the friendly organization. You can network with us, um, you know, and be a sponge, just absorb. And I understand it's overwhelming because you're hit with medical diagnoses, you're hit with ARDS and IEP goals and everything, and you're trying to take it in. You know, give yourself time to grieve and grow because this is a learning, and this is going to be a learning process till, you know, till we're gone. I mean, we're always like Zoom, we're always learning something new. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's not going to come overnight. And the same thing with acclimating the TSVDI, um, having your kid gone. It took us, you know, I want to say the, the first month was really, really hard. It's hard on the kid. It, you know, they've got an adjustment period. You've got an adjustment period. And, and we took it slow. We, we came for a summer as a day student. Then we came for another summer as a residential student. We did a residential camp. And then, you know, we ended up there. So it's okay. Start early. You know, don't wait till your kid's 17 or 18 and go, oh my gosh, I've got to get them. You know, the earlier you can get there, and I know it's probably hard. We see these little ones get on the bus and I'm thinking, oh my gosh. But the earlier you can get there, the better, you know, to go ahead and get in, get your child's education set up, you know, make plans for the future. And again, these things are special needs, trust, guardianship. These things are all hard to face. And we have a lot of challenges that most parents, we have to make some hard decisions that most parents would never have to make for their kids. So our first experience with TSBVI was the outreach team that came to Reese's school when he was officially labeled deafblind. And I encourage anyone that can work with the outreach team as early as possible to do that. Um, they're making such great strides. And if you have the right team in place at your local school, you maybe can cut, cut it off of the path where you're on the right track um, from the very beginning. So I know that it's, it's hard to see kids that just, a lot of the kids that I know that start TSBVI in high school, sometimes the end of high school is just because their school can't keep up with the braille and getting their materials. And so that's something um, that's kind of um, another challenge is to like reduce that need. They shouldn't have to go away just for simple solutions. Yeah, and yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think just like Barbara said, just getting involved and networking and it doesn't mean that, you know, every organization that you find is gonna be the right one for you, but you know, 
just knowing what your options are out there are so important. And you know, you might join a, an organization to get support and you might find that, you know, after getting that support that you're supporting others. And there's just so much joy in that too. Um, just knowing that, you know, you can reach out and, and help others and, you know, you're not alone. And, you know, we'd, we'd love you if you're uh, a TSBBI family, get involved and join the, you know, Family Links organization. We'd love for, for you to join this network, so. So we're involved with a lot of other parent groups. A lot of them are just informal that are, that are friends from the NICU or other special needs preschools that we attended. And for the most part, Reese is the only deafblind person we know naturally without just knowing them from um, deafblind organizations and TSBVI. And one thing that I found is important is even though it's it's not so common, just being part of other networks and talking about your child, it just builds an awareness that's mm -hmm. it's helpful for just the community at large for them to know about people with differences and what they can do and what needs are out there. And then, because even um, some professionals that work with children aren't that familiar with some of our kids' diagnoses. And it's, it's good for everyone to learn. There's so many different variations. It's not just deaf, it's not just blind. There's a whole realm inside each one of those. Right, and like Amy said, to you know, advocate. I mean, every time we're doing something for our kids where you know, we're being selfish, first and foremost, we're doing what we need to do for our kids. But that actually can be used as an advocacy tool because whatever change gets made or whatever law gets put in place, that affects the greater good. So what you're doing for your child and to move that child forward, you know, is affecting all special ed kids and, and all children with disabilities across the state. So, you know, keep that in mind that, yes, you know, you are doing this for the kid, but it's wonderful that every change we make, every time we advocate, every time we talk to a legislator, you know, or an administrator, or even just families around us in the community, we're advocating for our kids. Yeah, just the, the whole blindness awareness piece, you know, and just get out there, you know, with, with your kids and, um, you know, show them off and have them being independent out in the community. That's, that's changing people's views on what people with visual impairments can do. You know, it's so funny. I was having my, uh, you know, when you live in this world now, I mean, I really live in this world now, but <laughs> <laughs> when my son was also the first blind person I ever met. And, um, I was recently talking to my oldest who just turned 18 and I was talking to her about how rare it is for children to be blind. And she had no concept of that. And I said, I said, well, think about all the classrooms you've been in, all the schools you've gone to. How many children have you seen that had a white cane or were, um, you know, were visually impaired uh, besides your brother? And she was like, you just blew my mind. She's like, mm -hmm. none. They're nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so it's, it's um, you know, what, what all you have said about awareness and advocacy, it's like, it's kind of our responsibility to educate those that, you know, don't have children who are blind. And so don't know that kids can even be blind. Cause I certainly mm -hmm. didn't until I had my own. 
And and Emily, that brings up the point that if you don't even think about the world of visual impairments, uh, you know, our children aren't thinking about getting a job as a vision teacher or getting a job as an orientation mobility specialist because it's not even on their radar screen, you know, to to be thinking about visual impairment. So just being loud and proud. I think mainly too, collaboration is the key. You know, it, it does take a village to raise our kids and you're not gonna be able to do this alone. And it, it is when you find the right setting, like where we're at now, it, it's amazing how the child can grow. But, you know, we have PT, we have OT, we have O&M, we have our classroom teacher, you know. I mean, it's, it's amazing how many individuals you have to collaborate with. And like with Amy, we've got our medical team. So, I mean, you've got so much collaboration with so many people. And I think it's so important to just thank those people. You don't have to do, you know, big, grandiose gestures like every year I send out a photo card with Joshua's pictures and one doctor that's retiring that Joshua's had since birth she's like oh here's my home address because you need to keep me in the loop I need to get that Christmas card every year with Joshua's pictures so it's it's networking it's collaboration it's you know meeting people and then just moving forward and advocacy I think those are the main things that we can all do you know, little, and, and those are just little things. I mean, just small gestures. We don't have to do big grandiose marches to the Capitol, but we just, you know, day by day, what you can do in your world makes an impact for the bigger world. Do you know an infant or toddler in Texas who may have a vision problem? They may qualify for free services. Support from a teacher of students with visual impairment may increase a child's success in school and life. Call 817-740-7530 to find out more. That's 817-740-7530. Thanks to Barbara, Patty, and Amy for spending an afternoon with me highlighting their incredible work. I look forward to working with them on future projects and I'm glad TSBVI has the honor of educating their children. From TSBVI Outreach and A Sense of Texas, I'm Emily Coleman. See you next time. This has been a presentation of the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired Outreach Department. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics to cover in future episodes, please contact us at podcast at tsbvi.edu.